1: you miss Canty and Carlin? It was scary. It was scary to be sure. And the news is good on Tua so far. And we're exceptionally happy to hear that. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. But it's just bothersome what happened to begin with. With Tua earlier in the week on Sunday... Uh, getting put into concussion protocol. And then the Dolphins revising that, saying it was, in fact, a back injury. And now four days later to have that happen last night against the Bengals uh, in that moment, as scary as can be. And we've spent a lot of time today discussing the events of last night. And, Chris, you know, I'm bothered by a couple of things here. I'm bothered by the fact that Tua was back out there four days later when it just frankly seemed like common sense that he shouldn't be. I'm bothered by a breakdown in whatever the medical procedure was there, that everybody was just fine with him being out there, when we all know it is incredibly easier uh, to get a second concussion after you have had a first, especially when it is that quick. And I'm bothered by the fact that the Miami Dolphins, um, while I won't directly tie everything together, they have not had a good last year of really not being afraid to step over the line and, and do it in a way that they shouldn't and and we've seen that with the owner and he got punished we've seen that in a couple of instances now, and I'm afraid that we saw this again because, as we discussed yesterday i i just i frankly was a little bit thrown off by the fact that it was it was so. Uh, so locked in that Tua was going to play last night. You know what was
0: frustrating for me, Carlin, is that the Dolphins organization, after their week three game against the Bills, told us that we shouldn't trust our eyes. And while I was watching that game with my wife last night, she asked me, well, what happened to Tua? Because she saw that his arms and his fingers were froze. Now, I didn't know the term at the time. I've I've come to find out it's called fencing. It's, It's the brain's response to a trauma. Uh, a severe trauma, Um, but in looking at that scene last night, I knew exactly what had happened to him. I said, baby, he's got a concussion. And the reason why I know that is because I spent 16 years in high-level ball between college and pro, and I've had a blackout concussion, and I've had teammates that have had blackout concussions, some as severe as what we saw last night, where their entire body seizes up, and it's an uncomfortable sight. But, Carlin, that's why they have these stringent concussion protocols to prevent situations like that from happening. And when a concussion does happen or a player exhibits concussion symptoms, that they're conservative in terms of their approach and the timeline for return to sport. We did not see that in week three after Tua took that hit from Matt Milano right before halftime. Now... Initially, the Dolphins ruled that that was a head injury. They revised it and said it was a back injury. But, Carlin, we saw that scene. He got up. He fell back down. His teammates had to help him off the field. Now, in the NFL's concussion protocol policy, they say it's a head, neck, and spine injury. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. The back is a spine injury and (laughs) should be treated as a player that's in concussion protocol and designated as a no-go for the second half of that Bills game. And... If we're being honest, if Tua doesn't play in that second half, they probably don't win that game. But who cares about winning a game when it could come at the cost of jeopardizing the quality of life of the player once they walk away from football down the line? I, I just it, – it doesn't feel right to me. And when we have scenes like what we saw last night, it opens the entire sport up uh, to, to, to criticism, and it makes everyone question – whether or not this is something that we should, we should patronize as a form of our entertainment. And that's the frustrating part because I'm passionate about football. I love football. I know all of the good things that come along with football beyond just the, the, the monetary gain, the things that the sport teaches you, whether you're a professional or whether you're a kid in Pop Warner. There's so much to be gained from playing football, Carlin, but it's hard for a parent to trust that the people that are in charge when their child is playing football is going to have their child's best interest in mind because we see even at the professional level when you pay athletes billions of dollars, these clubs don't have the player's best interest in mind at all times.
1: It, Chris, I, I mean, you just you hit it so brilliantly there in so many places, and I want to pick it up with what Rob Ninkovich said with you this morning on Get Up. Uh, ESPN NFL analyst and, of course, Rob uh, had to retire because of dealing with concussions. And to take it a step further, as a parent, it, it was pretty tough to watch. Here's Rob. The NFL has to do a better job in knowing what to do if they see someone get injured the way that he got injured. It wasn't his back. You don't sit up, shake your head to get the cobwebs out, stand up, do it again, start to run and stumble on yourself if you have a back injury. It was a head issue on Sunday. They say it's a back issue. He plays Thursday night, four days later, and gets a massive concussion where he's froze up. So that's a problem, and it's a bad look. I have children. I have kids. After you watch that, you don't want your kid to play football. And listen, I would understand any parent that had that feeling when you see something like that, and I would understand – Any parent, like, I, I, the other thing that really bothers me, Chris, is that whether the Dolphins are setting this tone or not, like, if I'm a parent and my kid wants to go out there and play football, there's also the notion of really having to understand and trust the people that are going to be in charge that they have my kid's best interests at heart. Not that they don't have that already, but being just almost triple vigilant about something like that. How can I feel good about my kid Playing for this particular coach, knowing he is going to do the right thing all the time.
0: You can't feel good, Carlin. And this speaks to a bigger issue that the NFL has, right? Because since 2008, they've seen participation in youth football decline 39%. 39%, Carlin. And on top of it, <laughs> you have what we saw last night on Thursday Night Football with Tua. But you also have stories like what happened to the young man at Linden High School in New Jersey a week ago where he died because of a head injury. And and so if you're a parent and you're evaluating, well, my child really wants to play football, is the risk worth it knowing that they would be taking part in a culture where there is toxic masculinity, where players are encouraged to push through whatever it is that they're dealing with, not realizing that pushing through can result in permanent damage and impact the quality of life that they will experience as they get older. So I just, it's a tough, it's a tough look for the NFL. There's no way around it. And that's why with this NFL PA and NFL joint investigation into what happened on week three with the Miami dolphins and the concussion protocols for Tua, there needs to be complete transparency with that investigation. And we need to know, The names of all of the individuals that are involved with that, from the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultants to the athletic trainers to the team doctors, because these folks need to be held to account if, in fact, wrongdoing is found. If, in fact, they allow Tua to convince them that he was able to go back out there knowing that he exhibited concussion symptoms.
1: Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Tune in for a college football action tomorrow night. USC hosting Arizona State, presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins 10 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. And from what is a very tough story into a story that is even tougher in some ways, but one player is really stepping up to do something about it. Our next guest He's a member of the Colts trying to make a difference for his hometown that has gotten ravaged this week. You're going to want to hear this. It's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Would you miss Canty and Carlin? In Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. You know, I, I really, it's such an underrated game this weekend, Chris, and we kind of started here last week on the Jags and the Chargers, and look what happened. And now we've got the Jags and the Eagles, and look, there's the the subheading of, or really the headline, of Doug Peterson returning to Philadelphia with Trevor Lawrence as a young quarterback, and the whole storyline about what went wrong in Philly after Peterson won a Super Bowl there. But that aside, the Jags look like they are really starting to figure it out. Mm. And they're getting six and a half points uh, on the road in Philly. I'm I'm fascinated by this game. I'm locked in on this game this weekend because as good as I think the Eagles are, and I've got them going to the Super Bowl out of the NFC, I still think that this is going to be one of those games that's going to be very, very tight and down to the wire because the Jags are coming a long way in a short amount of time.
0: So you're saying the Eagles should be on upset alert? Absolutely, they should be.
1: Mm. Absolutely. That's that, this that's is strong. a down to the wire game. I'll be surprised if it's not, Chris.
0: Well, here's why I think they should be on upset alert, Carlin. Through the first three weeks of the regular season, the Eagles have the second best point differential of any team in the NFL. So that's right behind the Buffalo Bills and right in front of the Philadelphia Eagles. The other thing that we got to consider is they got a top 10 offense, a top 10 defense. They have the number one ranked run defense, and they have the second best pass rush win rate. And that's led by Josh Allen and Travon Walker. So, yeah, there, there's some things to be concerned with. And I think the, the chief concern that the Eagles should have is who the head coach of the Jags is. It's Doug Peterson. Hmm. He has intimate knowledge of most of the personnel on that Eagles roster because he coached most of these guys two years ago. So if there's anybody that knows the, the weaknesses, the deficiencies of these guys, Jalen Hurts included, and is in position to exploit him, it would be Doug Peterson. It's an environment that he can prepare his team for because he's coached in that stadium for so many odd years. So I I do think that the Jags are a live dog in this situation, but I think it's still a little bit early for them. They still got some growing pains to go through, even with having an adult in the room and their head coach, Doug Peterson. And I believe the Eagles to be the most complete team in the entire NFL. That's why I had him number one in my power rankings, Colin. I think they're that good, and I think Jalen Hurts is further along in terms of understanding how to be a pro quarterback than Trevor Lawrence is. We've seen Trevor make well, some I don't strides. know how he couldn't be. Yeah, but Jalen Hurts is ahead of where Trevor Lawrence is as far as the development goes, and I believe yeah. that Jalen Hurts has better weapons than Trevor Lawrence has, and I believe that Jalen Hurts also has a better offensive line than Jalen Hurts has. I mean, well, the, the, I mean, Jalen Hurts has a better line than Trevor Lawrence has.
1: I agree with all of that, but it's not like I'm going to sit here and tell you the Jags are better. It just feels like they could play really well in this spot. I don't expect this to be a letdown after what happened with San, with San Diego with LA last week. I, I don't expect it to be no. the case. And and I, you're right, Jalen Hurts is further along, but I don't know how he couldn't be. With what Trevor Lawrence had to deal with last year. But that's I, my point. I, I'm very, yeah, I'm very high on Trevor Lawrence and his abilities. I, I I, don't, listen, there was a reason that, you know, right before that draft and, and the year, two years leading up to that draft, we all felt that Trevor Lawrence was a generational type quarterback. There is yep. a reason. And he had shown that all through college. And that was basically a universal opinion Based on everything. And then you get thrown into just a a complete dumpster fire last year. I don't know how somebody like that is supposed to develop. And now you put it exceptionally well. They have an adult in the room. And, Chris, as much as we knocked uh, the Christian Kirk money, he's playing well. He's playing very well for the Jaguars so far. He's doing a nice job. You know who else
0: is playing well for the Jaguars? Evan Ingram from the New York Giants as a cast Oh, God. He's playing well. (laughs) James Robinson off the shelf with Travis Etienne. They got a one-two punch in the backfield. Zay Jones. There are weapons that Trevor Lawrence has at his disposal, and they've done a decent job of keeping the guy upright. But I think the most impressive change that I've seen in that Jaguars offense has come from Trevor and just the improvement in his overall footwork and pocket awareness. Carlin, he's been able to speed up his footwork. Like you're seeing that he's not overstriding now. It's the it's the drops. He's in concert with his body. It's the you know he, he can navigate the pocket. He can manipulate the pocket, and that's led to him being more efficient and more accurate from the pocket. And there are a handful of throws that he made in the Chargers game. I mean, if you want to point to that touchdown that he threw at the end of the game on the third and eleven with four fifty nine remaining in the fourth quarter, like that is an absolute dime in the back of the end zone. But I mean that 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 shows you what can happen when a quarterback has the proper footwork, sets his feet, and then, you know, delivers the football from the pocket and it has buttoned up mechanics. That's a product of Doug Peterson being his coach. And the one thing we know about Doug Peterson, calling all your years being being able to cover him, Doug Peterson knows how to teach quarterback play. And yes. so I, I just I just it's one of those things where you feel like he's finally got a coach that's going to help him realize his full potential. So I'm bullish on the Jaguars. I believe that they're the team to beat in the AFC South. Now, that ain't saying a much because I think that's the softest mm. division in all of pro football. But I, I, I do look at the Jacksonville Jaguars as one of those teams that can go from worst to first, literally because they had the number one overall pick, and they
1: can find themselves in the postseason this year. Chris, I, I teased this a few minutes ago. Can the AFC South rival the NFC South within the next two weeks where it could be just a flat-out walkaway for the Jacksonville Jaguars in the South like it will be for the Buccaneers in the NFC South?
0: I I don't know if I can say that, Colin, because I believe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can win a Super Bowl
1: this year. I don't see a team in the AFC South that can win a Super Bowl. Do you? No, I agree, but I I think the Jaguars could end up walking away with the division as easily because, let's be fair, okay, the Colts the Colts stink. The Colts have not played. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think the Colts that, are that very good either, Carl, but, but, do you, but do you not think that the Colts can
0: win this weekend against the Titans?
1: I think they can. I don't think they will.
0: Okay, and that, okay, I, all right, okay. But, but here's but the thing. Again, that's, like if, that, if, that's if, two mediocre teams the titan- right there. But here's the thing, though, Carl, if the Titans win this weekend... And the Eagles win this weekend. Then you're talking about the Jags and the Titans being tied for the division lead. I, I just don't. I don't know if anybody's going to run away with it in the AFC South because I think those teams are all right there. There's a lot of parity. Um, but if I had to pick one team, I would go with the Jacksonville Jaguars because I have the most confidence in the coach and the quarterback.
1: It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We Best coach quarterback combination in that division? hmm I'm sorry, Chris, say it again.
0: Best coach quarterback combination in that division, the Jacksonville Jaguars?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that and, usually results. I, in- I think Vrabel's an awesome coach. That'll tell you what I think about Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, okay, all right. I know I got to get the fan duel, but I had to get that in. All right, here we go.
1: Football but season. But also on the way, by the Hang on a second, though, Chris. We have some breaking news coming and Woj with some information regarding the Ime Udoka situation late this afternoon. Oh. We will have that for you in just moments following Mr. Canty and this word from FanDuel. Okay. Football season is
0: underway. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right. You heard me. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up with promo code PLAY. The app is safe, secure, super easy to use. FanDuel has favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. So sign up today with promo code PLAY for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL.
1: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why?
0: You miss Canty and Carlin.
1: You heard Doug Brown there talking about the report from Woj regarding Ime Udoka. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on ESPN Plus, the independent law firm probe into the Celtics coach, uh, his behavior, and everything that happened with his improper relationship. Uh, found that he used crude language in his dialogue with a female subordinate prior to the start of an improper workplace relationship with the woman, and apparently that su- that significantly factored in to the one-year suspension. So how about this, Chris, according to Woj? The power dynamic associated with a superior's improper relationship with a staff member was the primary finding— And policy violation in the law firm report completed. So as a result, there is a very difficult pathway back to his reinstatement as Celtics coach. And if other teams want to hire him, the Celtics are saying, go ahead and do it.
0: Wow. Uh, That's a significant development, especially for a coach that in his first year took a team to the NBA Finals. Carlin, we thought that after this suspension, there would be no shortage of teams that would be interested in kicking the tires on Hidoka and finding out exactly how bad it was uh, before they would feel comfortable in bringing him in. But ultimately, they would make him the decision to bring him in because he's somebody that can help them win at the highest level. And so to hear this information, to hear that, you know, he took advantage of his station within the organization and being a superior. Uh, and, and then f- fostered an improper workplace relationship. That, that's 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 unacceptable, Carlin. Uh, th- that really is. I mean, you're, you're talking about wielding power over somebody uh, in a circumstance where they don't have the ability to ultimately push back and and, and yeah. have any agency in that situation. And that's that's the part that organizations can't stand for. I mean, we we saw instances of that in the National Football League with the Washington Commanders and what's happened with that decades-long culture of misogyny and sexual harassment um, that was pervasive with them. So this is something that the Boston Celtics are sending a clear and definitive statement about, and good for them for doing so. Uh, And this is going to be a stain that follows Ime Adoka the rest of his coaching career in the NBA if he does get an opportunity to coach in the NBA again.
1: And that's, that's where the, the real major problems are here. When you get into the power dynamics, when you get into all of that, this is why so many corporations have such strict rules regarding this kind of thing. And who knows what was said, but frankly, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it, I mean, it matters, but it doesn't matter in terms of how they're handling him. Uh, I, you know, it's funny. Earlier today, we we're talking about Maybe not necessarily trusting what happened here with the Miami Dolphins and not giving them the benefit of the doubt. Mm. I feel like in this instance uh, that the Celtics, while the leaks were out there and they were trying to get ahead of the story, have done all of the right things in terms of handling a situation like this, from finding out about it to we're going to, uh, repeatedly, uh, According to, uh, you know, several reports last week, we're going to repeatedly tell him uh, that his behavior, whatever it is, needs to stop. Then into a full investigation by a law firm, like Chris, it feels like they have handled the situation about as cleanly as you can in a very, very messy situation. Well, it's it's
0: messy. I, I think the Celtics are doing what's in the best interest of the business, which is protecting themselves against any potential liability and they've they've gone to extreme lengths in order to do so going out and hiring uh, you know a law firm to to do the investigation and to reveal the findings of it and then coming down with what has to be one of the harshest penalties for a violation of a personal conduct policy or an organizational policy that we've seen applied to somebody in a leadership position in professional sports so I, I I'm I'm on board with what the Celtics have done, Carlin. I think honestly, the moment to me that that made the Celtics, that painted the Celtics in a positive light, was the press conference after some of the leaks took place, where Brad Stevens emoted a little bit and and expressed his frustration that you know everybody was you know essentially attacking the the female employees of the Boston Celtics and, and painting them with this broad brush of speculation as they might be the ones that that engaged in this improper relationship with Ime Adoka. He took offense to that. I mean, he, he went as far as to call it social media BS. And you could see he was a little bit misty in that moment. It showed that he cared about his employees, the people that were working within the building. And so I think that's important when we start talking about the culture around professional sports, because so much of it is driven by money to actually show that you care about the people that are helping you generate the revenue matters, especially when it it pertains to holding somebody accountable like the head coach who is in gross violation of rules that have been put in place to protect those employees. So it's saying a lot that the Boston Celtics didn't sweep this under the rug and that they stepped up to the forefront, the co-owner, and the president of basketball operations and said, this is what we're doing. And we don't know what the future for Ime Adoka holds because we just hadn't gotten that far yet. But we were disgusted in what we saw, so much so that we're suspended him for a year and we'll figure out whatever we're going to figure
1: out with his future later. The one thing I am very curious about is at this point, even when you see this, you want to hire him, go ahead and hire him. Pathway back to being the coach is very tough. Why not just fire him at that point? You know, because obviously there's going to be uh, a disagreement over what the money is that's owed. Um, we, it's unclear. I'm. They, they say that the penalty is going to be significant financially. We don't know if that just means he's not getting paid for the coming year. I'm just kind of wondering, based on everything that we have heard and seen, mm-hmm. it seems like you can get fired for cause in this moment. So I'm just kind of curious as to why they didn't, just go ahead and do it. I'm sure it's fully based in legal reasons.
0: Well, it's probably based in legal reasons, but let's also keep this in mind. They gave Udoka the option to be fired outright, and he said that he didn't want that. Like, he had the opportunity to resign well, why to be fired or suspended. Huh? Why even give him fu-
1: the, option, you know, the, huh? well, the option if that's the case?
0: Because of the legal ramifications of it. Maybe, maybe that's yeah. what it is. Maybe they, they Maybe they had to consult him in terms of, being able to chart a path forward. But they gave him those options. That's that been reported, and he was the one that was was on board with the suspension option rather than being fired or resigning. So, I mean, it's, it's something that I don't know that we'll ever have all of the answers to, Carlin, but based on the report and what we're hearing from Woj and others, it was egregious enough that the penalty, the discipline that the Boston Celtics doled out Seem to be in alignment with what the infraction
1: was. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. In just moments, we'll get back to some football. And we don't want to be subject to hyperbole, but after week four, let's discuss whose season is over. We will discuss that in just moments. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: Did you miss Canty and Carlin? I'm
1: out in Columbus, Ohio, at our affiliate here in Columbus, the Fan 97.1 and 1460 AM. And uh, as you know, Bobby Carpenter, right? That's home of my former teammate,
0: Bobby Carpenter, right? He he has a radio show that he hosts out of that studio.
1: Yep, I popped in uh, with some of the guys who were hosting the middays today here, and uh, his. Uh, jersey is up on the wall okay right there there we go there to go so i've as you know i call the games for rutgers and mm-hmm. rutgers is at ohio state tomorrow that is a 330 kick and uh listen it's a tall order as we. Well. <laughs> i was about to it's say it's a tall order you guys
0: struggle with iowa <laughs>
1: Well, all right, Relax, was you struggle with Iowa? Let's not make Iowa out to be bad. I'm Two things happened last ba- week. I'm not saying I was bad, but I was not Ohio State. I, I understand that, but okay. Iowa is is not bad either. And the reason that they struggled is Rutgers turned it over twice last week—a pick six and a fumble return for a touchdown—and that's the difference in the game. Otherwise, nope. they held them to 13 points. And listen, offensively. Still finding their way here a bit. But that's the it is a toll way of order. saying you're
0: offensively challenged.
1: No, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. We've had some injuries at quarterback. That's been a big concern. Okay. That's been a big problem. Hopefully, you get a couple of them back this week and see how that plays out. But more than anything, I resent that you have gone out of your way to hammer me with the point spread today. I think that's a little untoward. I'm not. Part. I'm not trying
0: to hammer you with the point spread. I just want to know: is is it a safe bet to lay the 39 and a half on Ohio State? <laughs> can I, well, can I can I go with Ohio State and lay the 39 points? That's what I want to know. It's been.
1: It's first of all, it's been bet down to 39, so you know where the money's going. Okay.
0: It's, it's going. <laughs> smart to Rutgers, money's
1: flowing. The smart money's taking the points. <laughs> smart money is taking the points. Okay. And I would tell you. I don't uh, in instances like this where I'm personally involved uh, at least you know it, it, in calling the game certainly not having anything to do with the outcome but in calling the game I don't often like to get too you know uh, involved in in the point spread and such but I think you would be smart to take the points Let's okay say so that. you're
0: saying take the points go with Rutgers, Rutgers plus, plus 39, 39. That's the way to go.
1: We know how good they are. I don't know if Jackson Smith and Jigba's playing tomorrow. Oh, I'm not worried about that.
0: Listen, there's another five-star wide receiver that we ain't never even heard of that's ready to step off the bench if he doesn't play.
1: Well, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Really. CJ Stroud. I am excited to see CJ Stroud play in person a little bit. You know, UVA would be getting 50 if you were coming to Columbus. (laughs) You're probably right. But I've come to
0: grips with where our program is at. I mean listen. <laughs> we struggle against orange is. listen. We struggle against orange and blue schools. We lost to Illinois and we lost to Syracuse. <laughs> and we where, beat where ODU. Pro- we beat ODU by two points. I know exactly well, what Virginia is and what we ain't. Carlin, if Virginia was going to Columbus, I'm laying the thirty nine and a half <laughs> on Ohio State.
1: <laughs> listen. All I can tell you, I know exactly where your program is in the soft A C C that's where it is. It's not in the eastern division of the of the big ten. Listen, I'll tell you what, <laughs>
0: I'll take our chances against Rutgers.
1: Well, that's right. I said it.
0: Bad. I said it. I hate that's to see right. your, I, said I
1: hate to see your heart broken. I said you know, it. I with, said it. With your little Tony Elliott getting fired up. You know, I said it. a nice little program it. you got there.
0: I, I feel bad though. We're we're on the road at Duke and we're two and a half point dogs. <laughs> when did we get to this point?
1: Well, listen, David Cutcliffe can coach. It's I don't give Carlin a damn about ESPN David Don't
0: sell me on David Cutcliffe. Duke used to be homecoming, man. I don't want to hear that. Two
1: and a half point dogs against Duke. Stop yourself.
0: <laughs> want to hear Casey that crap?
1: On, on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. So, look, you never we, – we, I was the one sitting here after week one and saying the Cowboys season was over. I don't think I was alone there, but there is a fair question to be asked that when we get through week four, there are some seasons that are going to be over. So, Chris, let's discuss the seasons that could potentially be over. All right. We Start. We start with the Owen three Raiders. Could their season be over? I know the answer to this. If they lose this game against the Broncos, their season is over. Go ahead and ship the
0: cars, home. It's a wrap. They're not not—they're not going to be able to catch up in the AFC West. No shot. Not with the Kansas City Chiefs and not with the Denver Broncos. I mean, the Broncos would be 3-1. and one. I mean, we'll have to see what the Chiefs' overall record is, but they can't be any worse than 2-2. Two and two. There's no way that the 0-4 Raiders are going to be able to make up enough ground to be able to get back into the division race. But even Carlin be able to make a wild card just because of how tough the division is and how hard-fought every game is going to be. So, yeah, the Raiders lose this weekend to the Broncos. It's a wrap. But here's the one thing I will say. The the Mm. Raiders have lost three games by a combined 13 points. So it's not like they've been blown out in these games. And we know that the Broncos' offense ain't blowing nobody out, led by Nathaniel Hackett. So this is going to be a close game. I would lean toward the Raiders in this one. I can understand why they're favorited, even though they're a winless team going up against a two-win squad.
1: I think that's hysterical. I think that's amazingly funny that they are winless and they are favored by two and a half over the Broncos. Uh, Look, if the Raiders lose, the season's over. Yes, you know, tag the toe, zip the bag, it's over. (laughs) What does it cost to What does it cost to ship a car home? By the way,
0: Uh, about six seven hundred bucks. Oh, that's not terrible. It just depends on how far you're going. Like if you're in Las Vegas and you shipping it out to LA, six seven hundred bucks. Now if you're in Las Vegas and you're shipping it to New York, that's a different number, but you know what I mean. You get okay. It?
1: Well, if you're in if you're in Vegas and you're shipping it to L. A., can't you make the drive? Well, I mean, here, seriously.
0: well well, here's the other thing, though, Carl. Well, some cars you don't want to put on the road like that. I'm just saying, if you're Devontae yeah. Adams or some of the big boys, you know, <laughs> you you ain't talking about driving a Buick. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? It's <laughs> an 80,
1: 1984 Chrysler Cordoba. <laughs> oh man, you know, I'm just, I'm
0: just putting it out there, but I mean, you know. Yeah you no. Know. well okay. here's the thing though, you All might right. not want to leave Vegas. You might want to just enjoy enjoy the Fair. enjoy the rest of your time. Probably here, not so. shipping
1: at home. Yeah, probably just not. stay, just stay in Cardinals, Vegas and have fun. Chris, the Cardinals, if they lose to the Panthers at one and two, is their season over. If you
0: lose to the Panthers, yes, your season is over. Yeah. Yeah. Th- That's their season why. is over. That, yeah.
1: Because you're losing three, to the
0: Panthers. Yeah.
1: Exactly. If it was another team, if it was a good team, maybe not. If you lose to the Panthers, your season's over. The Steelers at one and two. If they lose to the Jets, Canty, their season's over. If they lose to the Jets at one and two. Uh, I don't know over. about
0: that, boss. I don't. I don't know about that one. Listen, man. I, I've seen. I've seen Mike Tomlin with your Pittsburgh Steelers. Pull some Undertaker moments where he's resurrected the franchise. I mean, think about it. They started one and three last year, Carlin. One and three yeah, last year, and they were able I to know. bounce back, rally, and make the playoffs. So I ain't gonna say that just yet. I do think it's over Chris. for Mitch Trubisky. Listen, it's over for yeah. Mitch Trubisky if they lose to the Jets. The Jets ain't won they- in Pittsburgh but once since 1970. If they lose to the Jets at home. And it, I'm still going to call it Hinesfield. Then Mitch Trubisky's time as a starting quarterback in the National Football League is over.
1: Over. You've been telling me about how players cannot overcome bad coaching. Coaches who are really good can't overcome atrocious quarterback play. And that's Atro- what they're getting right now. Atrocious. <laughs> the Titans at one and two, Chris, if they lose this weekend to the Colts, is their season over?
0: Oh, Carlin, I can't say that because I don't know that any team is gonna run away with that division. I just, I mean, exactly. I, I, I don't know. I can't <laughs> say that it's over. And they got, they got the second best coach in the division, as far as I'm concerned. And Mike Vrabel, maybe a change at the quarterback position and going with Malik Willis could be the spark this team needs in order to get on a little bit of a roll. But no, nah, I'm not gonna say their season is over with if they lose to the Colts this weekend. Can't say that.
1: Are the, is the 49ers' season over if they lose to the Rams Monday night? No, it's too good of a team, top to bottom. I,
0: I like that roster.
1: They've had some issues
0: with injuries early on. Remember, Elijah Mitchell is not there. George Kittle just had his first game back. Hey, Jimmy, Jim, Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo really had no preseason. So l- l- you know, I'm not going to say
1: it's over. No, season won't be over. But I'll say this: you're going to be two games behind the Rams all of a sudden. It does start to get a little bit dicier at that point. So I'm not going to sit there and say it's over, but for the 49ers, that is a little bit of a hill to climb. Garoppolo needs to be able to make up some of that ground. and Carlin. Weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus.